Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. What we don't do enough is communicate what we actually do and why we're important to the business. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now you've just heard some great advice from today's guest mentor Lizzie Hilt, who's the Commercial Finance Director at Burger King UK. And how it came about Lizzie coming onto the show is that a number of people at the conference approached me at drinks afterwards and had asked me had I seen Lizzie's presentation I said no I think I was presenting myself at the same time to which they said yeah you really got to get Lizzie on the show and when I delved further it was great to find out Lizzie was working at Burger King where I used to work many years ago as well so we were able to catch off air about that but on the show we were very fortunate to get some fantastic insights off of Lizzie and one of them you might sort of smile to yourself is the is how we describe the stereotypical accountant and what people think about accountants in general also how accountants can better answer that question what do you do for a living so other people they're talking with don't run very far away from them or go to the other side of the room we delve into the value of having good customer relations in finance and why an accounting career is rewarding also some very good reasons why the hospitality industry is an exceptionally good fit for finance business partners And also three steps we can all begin to take to start building customer relations. So look, hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it with Lizzie. And if you do want to find out more about it, please check out our timestamp show notes, key quotes, resources and ways to connect with Lizzie and more at sitnshow.com. So look, that's enough from me. So without further ado, over to Lizzie and the show. Lizzie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's our pleasure. And, and look, uh, I mean, I suppose we sort of met or encountered each other at a summit many months ago. And then I had a number of people afterwards say, you need to get Lizzie on the show. I said, yeah, we'll get a show. And, no, but the thing is, the thing is, so much time has passed since, uh, I suppose, the conference. I mean, a lot's changed in our world, but delighted you could make it. Um, but for some of our audience who may be not as familiar with your background, would you mind maybe sharing a bit about your story in accounting and finance? Absolutely. So I'm currently a commercial finance director at Burger King in the UK, and I've been in the hospitality sector for the past sort of five or six years with a few other FD roles. I actually started my career at Pizza Hut when uh, I left university. It, I kind of fell into accounting and finance, if I'm completely honest. I wanted to go to university to do sports and kind of just did economics because I'm dyslexic and I quite liked graphs and it was kind of the uh, it was the nicest thing to do rather than the pure math side of things and yeah just I, over the like many jobs I had at university and at home when I was in the holidays I just loved business I didn't think I really understood what accounting and finance was I definitely hadn't heard of PwC when I left school that's for sure and um <laughs> I think I just sort of I'd always put things in boxes understanding what you know if you were an accountant you did that and it was my first job at Pizza Hut which was kind of a business analytics partner where I realised this was really interesting because I got to sort of use the maths I liked to sort of model examples and scenarios, but for a business context and help, you know, pay people more money or save costs where, you know, we're overpaying. And um, I just absolutely loved it. So I did a couple of jobs um, following university and then ended up doing uh, financial restructuring and corporate finance for five oh, right. years. 
which again, I was very lucky that I joined a firm which uh, focused on deals in the leisure and retail sector. So there I did quite a number of deals and I ended up uh, working on a deal where we um, were buying and selling different restaurant brands. And then I ended up uh, being asked to join that company afterwards as as FD concessions business. So looking after airports and retail centres in uh, shopping centres. So I did that for a couple of years and then my boss left to join Burger King as a startup in the UK because we bought the rights to operate the UK market off of the US. And he asked me to join there for his sort of strategic slash commercial finance. Yeah, I've been there now for two and a half years and it's been amazing. It's been really, really fun. And and, uh, I suppose when you set out, Lizzie, like you started in the hospitality industry or Pizza Hut and ended up, I suppose, working hospitality last number of years. Was that sort of a deliberate thing or was it sort of you more fell into into the hospitality piece? Is there something that attracts you to, to working in the sector you are? I think, yeah, definitely out of choice. I think it's one of those strange things, isn't it? I've got a friend who works in retail and she was she worked as a, in a shop when she was 16. And I was first working like in restaurants and bars, cleaning up glasses. I just love that social environment. And I love being able to influence someone's day or someone's experience. And I think that's what I absolutely love about bars and restaurants. And when I was actually 16, I was very lucky to work in an owner-managed pub up in Bedford. And they will still be my best business mentors of my career, I think, because they owned their own business and they just explained to me how service worked and how to sort of treat customers and, and basically what the return you'll get on it as a result because it was their own business and they helped me look at the books they explained you know they made me upsell stuff and they would give me a fiver if I could get rid of all the fish that was about to go off in a couple of days time and I just really understood how it all worked you know and I loved it and um, I just loved yeah just almost tips were a game for me and I was like how can I make these per- people have such a great experience to them but it will also reward me and I just loved it and seeing people have, you know, good birthday parties and, and, and enabling that to happen. And so that's definitely something as an experience to help the customers. I really, uh, the customer facing side of hospitality, I, I really, really enjoy. Which which I suppose is interesting now because we hear a lot about this in, 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 I suppose in finance now is that we'd probably be more customer facing, closer to the customer, more intimate with them, I suppose, is, is one yeah. expression. I, I, how do, you, I mean, do you find it's been useful to, to experience in terms of your forming experiences to bring that into the work you do in finance with you and your team at the moment? I do think that's a team, like I said, the commercial finance team, which has a team of four business partners who's focused in different areas of the business. I think the empathy that um, is required also makes you really think about other people in how you deal with them. So, for example, I always say to my team, like, the marketing people don't really care about return on investment. They care about their deal getting signed off. But if you explain to them that how those two work together and how you can help them see that, it, it, it's fantastic. And actually, now, now people ask us to come to meetings. They say, oh, can, can we bring this along or can we bring finance along? Because they know that we can give a sort of non-patronizing view of how it really works. And I think you're absolutely right. That kind of customer relationship bit is really key because... They know they need us, but they actually now want to work with us. And that's something that is, it takes some time and some relationship building, but it's really, really rewarding to see that. Yeah, actually, I'm just, um, I, I, I'm going to probably put a really tough question to you now, Lizzie, because I, I get this a lot uh, from our audience is, I think we're, we're now gaining the appreciation of that, that relationship piece and it's key. Where, where would one of our listeners start in terms of, trying to build that relationship what would be a good first step to get say a marketing uh, a business a uh, person or a salesperson to a meeting with us it's definitely personal interaction i mean i know in this particularly in this uh, in this world at the moment <laughs> personal interactions yeah, that's why i said it was very, a tough question <laughs> it's a one-on-one i remember my i actually worked at apple back in the day when i was sort of on their sort of grad scheme for a bit and i remember it was a room of you know i was the only finance person there and it was kind of more of a financial controller managing budget kind of role as a junior it was a big team of salespeople, and they were all men 
and I was, you know, 22 year old girl coming in like, oh, hi, guys, I'm going to tell you what you can, can and can't spend. This is Apple. They don't really like, you know, they are God, you know, every, they know everything and et cetera. And, and you sort of say some things to people and then it'd be really interesting. Then a few people, they would all be like, oh, in the meeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. In a big sales team. And then one by one, you just drop off and they'd leave. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, thanks. Um, yeah, if anyone needs to grab me, I'm, I'm just going to make a coffee. And then bit by bit, you know, someone would come up and like, sorry, um, on, on, a, on a one-to-one. Like, I didn't actually really understand what you meant by that. Do you mind just explaining? And they would never say that in a room because, you know, they don't want to look mm. um news face in front of their colleagues either. But I think the problem with finance is people don't understand it. And they don't like maths and they haven't liked maths from school. So they kind of put it all in that box that like that's untouchable. And I think some finance professionals maybe forget that. And I think what's really important is just getting into layman's terms and really explaining in the simplest possible sense without being patronizing what you're trying to achieve. And it's not you don't have to use long words and accruals and understand, you know, you just have to say what you're, what's actually happening and say, right, listen, we know you spent this money, you spent too much money. We need to pull it back from here. But you know, explain it in their own terms. And I always use when we're doing refinancings at work, and when someone says, oh, so what are you working on? I said, oh, basically applying for a remortgage on our house. You know, <laughs> what language yes. can they understand? And they're yes. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so we know we need to buy a bigger house because we need to open more yeah. sites. So therefore we need to remortgage our house. Like, it's the same difference, basically. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And you know, then straight away they get it. And I think it is difficult because, like I say, people switch off to it. So all I can say is just encourage the conversation. You might have to be the one that reaches out a lot more in the first instances but just be that natural person um, and just say that you know I'm always here if you need a hand and bit by bit they will come and I think yeah just be as open as possible and also yeah don't give them any rubbish you know, don't lie to them just be really honest and transparent <laughs> I think that's also quite key that's um, I suppose that sort of is embedded with the image isn't it it's just that transparency on honesty um, I, I, but I do like I do like your, your, your point though is trying to, to phrase things in terms of their language and I suppose we can only do that and in terms of understanding what matters to them so let's say like we pick up in a conversation that uh that they've got a mortgage or something like that and they'd love to reduce their mortgage that could be a good way of of phrasing some like something we see in the business world that links to them personally so like we save your mortgage or you know that'll pay for your kids to go to college you know that amount of saving yeah. or something like that depends on where they are so i really like i really like how you sort of thought that one through this that's a really great bit of advice um but i i suppose it's it's also catching ourselves because I don't know about you, but when I did my accounting training, no one really told me that's the best way of, of getting messages across or building uh, rapport or relationships. Is sort of any other tips for our audience to, to I suppose, uh, be better at relationship building and rapport building? I think a key facet now of what we have to do as accountants, and I do think, or as finance professionals, and I think like, often my friends call me like the accidental accountant or, uh, you know, <laughs> wait, that's a great name. wasted in finance or something, because we, I didn't qualify until I was 27. I didn't want to be an accountant. I think that's the key thing for me. It was really? that I love, no, okay. I never, I never wanted to go out. I wanted a stable job. And I think I've always wanted to sort of have something that I can fall back on. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Like I should get a degree. Cause that's, I remember working when I was 18. Um, I just moved to London, back to London. And I wanted to just get a job. I was working in financial services PR, just randomly on reception in this, uh, in this office. I was having an absolutely wild time. <laughs> I just remember just thinking there and like being in these meetings and then, um, it was all these sort of arty people with bankers and I was like you don't understand what they're talking about and you're trying to sell it to the, you know you're trying to market them and um yeah. I just remember being like oh if I knew that and I could also talk that would be really helpful so I just always saw kind of finances as something like I'm good at maths I know I'm good at maths because like I said I'm, I'm dyslexic so English was never my strong point I've always loved 
problem solving and stuff like that. So I thought, how can I use that to do something that other people can't do very well? Mm. And, um, and so I saw it as a kind of a tool to enable me to do something else. And I think people who go in really hard to want to be an accountant and, and that's, I'm not saying that's the wrong way of looking at it, but you should see it as how it's going to assist you to do something else. Not that that's the yes. be all and end all, unless you're in tax or something that's really specific. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's how I saw it is yeah, it's more of a tool to, to do something more. And especially in business now, we are so much more than just number crunches. You know, we can enable mm-hmm. businesses to, to grow and we can prove to investors how, why, why to take a chance on us. And I think that's so, so interesting. And, we should see that as the end goal, not the kind of accounting piece. So that's those exams are a tool to get you into that place, not the end of your life. And that's that's where you're going to be now. Yeah, but I think I think you also I mean, I'll just add to the point I think you made. You you and um, you also highlighted that you sort of were aware of your strengths and you chose something that you felt would make make use of your strengths as well. I think that's key key yes, too because it allows you to. Yeah, because and I think that's that's a great thing with um, I suppose the technology agenda and the way finance is moving. I think there's definitely a role there for everyone if they can understand where the, where the value is at and, and where they, they they can leverage those strengths to deliver that value. And it was I, I suppose I've also had a fascination with this uh, term accountant because like I know when, when people used to ask me what I was doing, I said I oh just I'm an accountant or whatever, and you, you know like there's a there's that sort of common perception out there people just have of accountants. You know it's just. They can relate to that, but as you said we're so much more than that. So I think that was one of the key points you sort of made at the summit, really. And that I think that's why people want to get you know try and get you on the show was you know this sort of image we have, you know, and changing the image of finance. Would you mind maybe sort of highlight to our audience was sort of some of the key themes you were sort of trying to share at the the, the summit on that? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of as I think at the summit I sort of said put the fun back in finance. I also opened with a picture of um, and I'm sure many of you may relate to this or not. I hope you can. Is from the office, David Brent's office, and there was Keith from accounts, and he was just the guy who said nothing, just sat there, chewed his gum, had no personality, and he, it was just such. A, they'd used that analogy of like an accountant because that's what people view us are, and that was the sort of stereotypical accountant in that stereotypical office. But it's so true because that's what people think. Oh, you know. Are we going to be able to get that through finance or, oh God, don't, you know, don't try and talk to finance about that. You'll never get it passed. And you think that's the view people get because you know, we're the ones that sign off people's expenses and tell them, you know, mm-hmm. they, there's a fun fund and you can't, you know, there's a budget for this and you can't go over the budget. <laughs> it's all just like, oh, I don't blame them sometimes yeah. <laughs> thinking that's, I mean, even my like finance team and I was like, oh, you shouldn't have bought that bottle of water. And you think, oh, I get the principle, but it was before 7am and all that sort of stuff. And if that's the only side of finance that people see, then I don't blame them. And I think that's where it's still very much the case in a lot of firms that that's all they see of of finance. They don't see the kind of new business partnering angle. And again, a lot of people in finance aren't particularly outgoing. They're shy. They want to get on with what they're doing. And and that's fine also. And I think what we don't do enough is communicate what we actually do and why we're important to the business. And I think the more we can do that and be accessible, like it's even in our own office now at Burger King, we do (laughs) finances sat around one side of the office and all the creatives and all the fun people around the other side I mean it's always like you know people have to physically walk around to finance and you think all oh, that stigma as well like I may I encourage my team to sit who are business partners with the rest of the business to sit with their team so the young lady who works with marketing she sits in the marketing team three days a week but so she's there so she can pick up on what people are saying and engage with them and just and, and also prove that they show that they have the personalities that they these people do have but when you're sat there number crunching all day and you haven't really you know you only come up for air once or twice to get a coffee yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you don't you don't, sometimes yeah. don't blame that perception so for me it's really important that we get out there and just and companies enable 
their finance teams to get out there. So encourage them to have one-to-one meetings when going through their monthly budgets or, you know, to sort of see what spending reviews. Don't just send them an Excel and say, can you tell me what's happening here? Encourage that communication and over time and get your team out there. And um, in, even if it's in tiny ways like that and having face-to-face meetings to go through budgets and accounts and I think that's really, really important. And like I said earlier, like explain what you're doing and why and why it's important. So the other day I had to ask for some data of someone in the business. And I said, I know you're really busy at the moment with everything going on, but this data will really, or this information will really help us open more restaurants and then get more people back to work and give them what they're doing. And they feel like empowered. Like, oh, wow, I'm really helping these people and the business to do something better. And I think that's where probably we're lacking because we normally say we need this thing. You need to send us that by this date. Bang. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's not the bigger picture. It's, it's, yeah, there's no appreciation of that why or the vision behind it, you know. But but like you know, that's I can I I sort of feel that we have we have this sort of existing image challenge, let's call it that, but not necessarily been trained on on how to communicate the vision or how to keep in contact with people. But the very human qualities, you know, I think that's the advantage we have. We're human beings. We're not quite robots, even yes. though some people might think we're robots. So we can actually do this stuff. It is actually natural to us if we just opened our, our minds up to it, I think. Yes. You know, um, and, and I love those examples, sitting sitting in there with other parts of the business, you know, being being present, actually. I think yeah. that's a key one, you know. Um, also communicating the value we're adding. I don't, you know, we're, we're very much about recording the business performance. Where are we recording our performance and showing yeah. that to the business, saying we're helping you do this. Have you got any more ideas where we can help? Absolutely. You know, um, you know, just like some really great points in there, there, Lizzie. Um, I suppose um, I, I know another thing. I think uh, you, you're sharing some accounting jokes. Have you heard any good ones uh, lately about accountants? <laughs> there was one that said, how do you know when an accountant's on holiday? He's not wearing oh, a tie. Oh, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we're known as the ones who are always there day, morning, yeah. noon and night. Oh, there was a really good one that I can't that a friend of mine said I must mention, but I'll have to look it up for them. Yeah, That's the blinding yeah. one. I'll look it up for you. Oh yeah. Uh, no, please do, please. I think I think my one was a bit like the uh what was it? Why did the auditor cross the road? And I don't know if you heard that one. No. What is it? No, because because he checked the audit file and that's what it told him to do. So you know, it's just yeah. But uh, but that's you know that's but you know like I suppose at least we can laugh about it. But uh, I I definitely I definitely you know I suppose I've stopped saying to people when they ask what you do for a living now. I I don't really say to them I'm an accountant because I know there's a lot of preconceived images out there. It's, you know, like I, I, you know, I sort of phrase it back in terms of what we actually do now. You know, it's like I help businesses go and, um, you know, provide more employment opportunities or I go help the business raise money or I, you know, sort of phrase it in a better vision. And people then sort of want to engage with you and say, oh, how do you do that? Yeah. You know, and I, I sort of encourage people then. It's very key because people when I um I often do that and they people say, oh, what, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm finance director for Burger King. And they're like, oh. Then, and then I'll be in a restaurant and be like, oh, what, so why are you here then? And then I explain, well, what that actually means. And then I say, well, that doesn't really sound like finance to me. And I was like, no, because that's what your view of finance yes, exactly. is. Of what, and even my mother, bless her, she's like, I just can't see you as an accountant. You know, I was like, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm no. not what you think is, I'm not an yeah, auditor. Exactly, like, maybe yeah. that is, I, I do get that. Yeah. But it's, um, you're right. And people, like when I've sat with teams before in, a, in my previous work as well, they're just like, why are you? why are you doing this job? And I'm like, because I really enjoy it. But they just have that, still that stigma that like, you know, accountants sit in that room and, and, and get on with it. But I think what yeah. is also worth noting to the point of um, not just about how, you know, we can improve our image. I must say that the amount of people that I've, you know, also, you know, like I said, I've got a couple of people in my team who've been quite shy, who 
who yeah maybe also struggle to reach out and engage um they get so much out of it as well it's not just about yeah, what we're doing yeah, for the rest of the yeah. business they love it and they you can see them growing they in do. confidence and it's like well yeah. then when they come to them, them instead of me you know then you know and they're building up their own relationships oh you know james just came over and asked me for the report and i'm like great but like they actually now want to come to us and and you, and you will see so much of a more positive aspect for you for your own team as well which is i think is what's really rewarding for me is to see them grow not just what we add to the business well, that's it. I mean, I see that, that, and I think that's just the next bit of the string to our boat. It's just embracing the human side of what we do, you know. And it's it's not always about the numbers. There's there's a lot more to it. So, so so Lizzie, that's a fascinating conversation. And look, I really appreciate the advice, the pointers. I was curious though. I mean, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? It's been playing to your strengths. I think when I started off, particularly in corporate finance, actually, I don't, like I said, um, I was the first one in my family to go to university. You know, I, I was working in the city of London and I just felt like a bit of an imposter and I didn't really belong there. You know, I was always the one who was, you know, always drinking pints after work with the lads. And I just and you sort of think that whole kind of corporate image wasn't really me. They were actually some of my happiest years in a way because I was even more myself because probably I felt a bit more of an imposter than I would have been otherwise. I never wanted to. I'm very lucky that I've been one of those characters who never wants to sort of fit in. And I once I remember after a few beers, I was like, I think I was speaking to one of the guys in the team who's very well to do. And I was like, you must think I'm an absolute nightmare. And he was like, no, you're an absolute asset to what we do. He was like, you know, you're out here talking to the people who own these bars and restaurants. He's like, don't think this is a patronising thing when I say it. But, you know, you speak their language. They warn to you because you're really in, you're just genuinely interested in what they're saying. It's not a front with you, you know, a lot of some people, especially advisors and stuff, sometimes, you know, they see every client as a, you know, as a fee. That's, that's putting people in, 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 you know, I don't want to put people in boxes. I know that's not the case for everything, but he was like, it's just refreshing to have a new attitude. And it was really nice for me to hear that because I was always worried that I didn't quite fit in and I wasn't one of the team because, you know, I didn't really go to the right school or what have you. And it's just kept me, given me that confidence to always retain that, you know, we're all different. And we shouldn't just be what people think we should be in that role or in that organisation or that function. It should be all about just, you know, being really, really true to yourself and just adding as much value as you can. And to be humble, I think, as well. It's just not to sort of, you know, you might be the smartest person in the room or think you're the smartest person in the room, but that doesn't matter. Uh, What really matters is getting the most out of the situation you're in, be it personally, professionally and for the business. And I think just always remembering that, like, you know, this is a job, this is an employment and, and you, you don't want to be a different person in your work life as your personal life. You just want to be yourself. And that's the best advice I've probably been given. Yeah. I mean, how, you know, if you were any other way, how could you bring your best self to, to the work you do? You know, it's yes. just, it's just a no brainer, you know? So, so, but, 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 but Lizzie, I think, I think more and more people need to hear that, you know, and uh, no, really, really great as you sharing that. So appreciate you doing that, Lizzie. And, and then I suppose, look, uh, from a resources perspective, are there any books or, or resources you found useful you could perhaps share with your audience? It's a really interesting book, actually, that I am. Um, it's not it's a kind of sports slash business book. I used to do a lot of rowing, actually, when I was younger. I was obsessed by the Olympics. and I still am obsessed by the Olympics. The Olympics are life. And I can be more gutted that they're not being held this year. But um, does it see people's grit and determination and with a four-year window, especially as a rower, like, you know, that's, that is the pinnacle of, of sport as the Olympic Games. It's not a World Cup or World Championships. And yet to literally sacrifice four years worth of work to what for one race is just incredible. And when I started off, I was 13 years old when the Sydney Olympics was happening. That summer holidays, my mum had shoved me off on a, uh, a, it's a, on a rowing course for like a half-term um, summer holidays to sort of get me out of the house. And I didn't really have any interest in it whatsoever, but I'm very tall, as you might remember. And um, I was actually really good at it. 
And it was that summer, the guy from my um, rowing club, Tim Foster, uh, was in the Olympic oh. Four with Steve Redgrave. Um, yeah. And his brother was actually coaching me, a guy called Jason. It just, the whole thing set, like, set my heart on fire. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to race and uh, compete. And But the bit, the best story of the Sydney Olympics was actually the men's eight. And they were the underdogs. It was all about the Coxes Four with Steve Redgrave. Mm. And the men's eight were kind of the rogue ruffians <laughs> probably like, you know, <laughs> jailbait types who had all put in this boat together. They didn't have the funding as much as everyone else or the crew. And, you know, they completely funded themselves, but they all were completely committed to win this race. And they did. And it was just, it makes me go tearful even thinking about it, watching that race, because they just absolutely smashed out the blocks. One of the guys from that eight wrote a book and it's called, Will It Make the Boat Go Faster? And he said it's about their entire rowing journey, but it's now sort of flexed to a sort of business mindset. And basically they said to themselves, every single decision they make, they ask themselves, well, will it make the boat go faster? So when they have the pint, will it make the boat go faster? Probably not. Okay, I'll have a water. Or should I do that extra training session? And, and, and that's what every single one of them promised they would do for each other as a team. And it was just wow. the most motivating read. And just to see them when they crossed the line, they, there was such a bond between them. And I think everything we can think about, and, you know, especially with processing and accounting, you know, it's a lot of tasks. When you actually say, well, why are we doing that? People go, oh, well, like you say, because the, yeah. the audit book said so. It's like, <laughs> yeah. because because we've always sent that report out. But do people yeah. use it? Do people actually read it? And it's the same with adding value as a team, uh, as I said earlier, like how to get that value out. I, when a new guy joined my team, we canned, someone left and we got a new person to join. And I canned 80% of the reports the previous incumbent sent out. And I was like, well, what's my job then? I was like, you tell me what it is. What do you yes. want it to be? Like just because he sent that out you i want you to go out and ask all those people those reports went to if they used it or not or if they did what did they use so can we now reduce the number and put it on the same page and it's like what, what are we doing and will it make yeah will it make our boat go faster and i think it's just a really nice analogy even just if before even if you read the book is that the, the heading of it why are we doing it and will it help and i think that's a question we should really ask ourselves as finance professionals but as general professionals in there who also want to run maybe leaner organizations or give people you know more flexible working you know someone in your team you know wants to have four days a week okay fine yeah how do we make it more flexible for you to do that you know and how do we you know be more efficient and maybe less you know chained to the desk and I think it's a really important angle for me so that book was uh is definitely one that's uh resonates really strongly with me sounds sounds like a great read I'll have to have to check that one out so so thanks thanks Lizzie and I'll put the links to that in the show notes as well is uh, I suppose in terms of our audience if they wish to continue the conversation where's the best place to connect with you at on LinkedIn I guess I, um my presence I should probably update my profile a bit because my picture's <laughs> probably a bit more flattering than uh, the current situation is but yeah LinkedIn is a is a great place to get me on there Awesome. Okay. Thanks for that, Lizzie. And I suppose, look, uh, you've shared some fantastic insights, you know, your, your, your journey. We sort of touched on our, our sort of image, making that uh, sort of better and, and also embracing ourselves a bit more and, uh, and, and being ourselves. Would you perhaps have maybe any other parting thoughts for our audience? Yeah, I just think be confident and be brave and, I, um, and, and ask the questions. I think even to that point I just made about um, sort of like flexible working, I think People just are scared of uncertainty, particularly accountants, of course, and they don't want to put us back in our box that I tried to talk us out of. But, you know, we are risk averse people. You know, we want stability. But, um, I just think we should, you know, stand up for ourselves a bit more. And and I think we've, our job is to present better ways of doing things and, you know, and options and solutions for businesses. And I think why be proud to do that yourself as well. I know that, um, you know, to, to run a flexible team, that's what you need to do and, and to keep people happy and engaged. But if you can prove a point, which we can do more than anyone in the business, 
be brave to ask for what you want and um, for what you think the business can operate for. And if you know, you know what it's like, if you can prove to your boss, you know, you've done the hard work for them and prove them the solution, not the problem, that then you'll be batting down your offers afterwards. So uh, yeah, I think it's really important just to stand up for ourselves, be brave and be proud of what we do. And though I've said, you know, it's not all trying to pretend to be wacky accountants, you know, be, be proud of what we can do and what value we can add. And don't see that as a sort of stigma, see that as a real benefit. Awesome. I think that's a great way to finish the show. So, so Lizzie, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show today, investing your time with us on Strength in the Numbers. Not at all. Thanks so much for having me. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs, There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.